This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Welcome into another episode of Believe in the ATP Tour. I'm your host, Jacob Sersosimo. Thank you for joining me. You are listening on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Welcome into a very special edition of Believe in the ATP Tour. Um, as you listened in the f- last episode, I am actually in New York City working at the U.S. Open as a player escort for the USTA. Um, today is a very exciting day for me. It is Sunday. We are just one day away from the main draw starting, and um, I've been waiting all year for this. A lot of tennis fans have been waiting all year for this moment, and it's one day away. Um, tomorrow, there's a lot, a lot of good matches tomorrow. Um, the main draw has some really exciting first-round matches, has some really exciting stories in there that we'll get to a little bit later, but overall... Monday, the first day of the main draw, is going to be one of the most electric first days in any tournament history for multiple reasons. Um, not only the first day, but the first couple of days, because the first round at this year's U.S. Open has some serious, serious competition. Um, I want to start it out with last week. Last week was Fan Week. I podcasted on Fan Week, but um, the week before last week I podcasted. But I want to talk about what the U.S. Open quite does during fan week. It was a phenomenal week. Uh, everybody gets in free during qualifiers. And the nicest thing about that is everybody comes out to watch, you know, the Federer, the Nadal, the Verdasco, um, who else was there? Rayonich was there. Um, some of these big names, FAA. I mean, these guys were out practicing all week long. And all these fans came in for free to watch these big big people practice. I mean, Sharapova was there, Serena I mean, Wozniacki, you're talking about some of the biggest people in the world. And the nicest thing was is they came to watch them, and they stayed for the qualifiers. Um, Some of these qualifying matches had giant crowds, crowds, especially the American. Um, Nicole Gibbs had a good following. Noah Rubin had a good following. Taylor Townsend, her last match had a ton of people there on court 11. Um, It was just really good to see these qualifying matches finally get some praise because even though it's qualifying, I mean, this is still really good tennis. And the thing about qualifying is these people haven't made it yet. So they're really working hard to uh, cut into that main draw and get their ranking up. And so it's really do or die for them. Um, They really they traveled halfway across the world. They really need to win this match. So um, it was a great fan week. Uh, Brett Eldridge got canceled on Thursday night due to the rain, which actually Five minutes after they announced it, it poured, so it was a good decision by the USTA. But um, Leon Bridges was a good concert. Uh, Laney was a good concert. Um, just the whole week was a really good week, not only for the fans, but as a worker, 
at the U.S. Open. It was a lot of fun for me, too. Um, I know a lot of the workers had a lot of fun. It was just a good week for all the fans to get in, and the main draw hadn't started yet. But that being said, all last week, we've everybody on the grounds has been looking towards Monday as the day for it to start. So tomorrow, it all begins. I wanted to get a podcast out right before um, the main draw started just to get some more predictions out there, talk about the talk about the draw a little bit that came out on Wednesday. I want to talk about some players that excite me going into it and just some last minute news going into the U S open. Um, this, I just got this notification. I kid you not 16 minutes ago that Milos Raonic is not playing in this year's U S U S open. Um, it says he has a injured glute muscle, which is kind of sad because he's been practicing all week and I thought he's looked really good in practice I've watched a couple of his practices he's really been hitting the ball nice stroking it and it's just a bummer to see him not in it because Milos is loved around the U.S. Open grounds he's just from Canada the neighbors up north and there's been a lot of fans that I know have been excited about him um he can't even walk around the grounds with everybody you know screaming his name asking for autographs and pictures so um that's gonna be a big blow to Canadian tennis and you know, the U S open in general and unfortunate for Milos that he's not playing. Um, there probably will be a lucky loser that gets put in instead. Um, someone that lost in qualies and now is still in town and will get to play in that match. will probably get to play instead. Um, but you know, unfortunate for Rayonich. Um, I want to talk about qualies a little bit because some of the most important people that played in this year's qualifiers, that were exciting. Um, Taylor Townsend on the women's side was electric during qualifiers. Um, in her third match to make it into the main draw on Friday, she was down, you know, one set. And then in the second set, best two out of three, she was up 5-2, ended up going tiebreaker, was down 5-1 in the tiebreaker, came back, and then came back and won the third set. That was one of those ones during qualifiers I said wasn't just an electric crowd. Um, that was a lot of fun to watch. And she's going to be really entertaining to watch moving forward into you know, this main draw starting tomorrow. Um, Donald Young lost in the first round to Chung. That was um, a heartbreaker, I know, for Donald Young. Um, he was in that match. He, I believe it took it to a third set. It was just one of those matches where you really thought he was going to pull it out, and unfortunately he didn't. And that was another really good turnout on court 11 for the Donald Young match. Um, I know a lot of Americans want to see him in the main draw this year, but... Maybe he will be a lucky loser, but if not, Noah Rubin, also another good American, he he lost in on Friday in the final round to get into the main draw, but he could be another one that could squeak in because of guys like Milos Reynich pulling out. Um, kind of a late pullout for him. Uh, I just got a notification that he just pulled out, like I said, 16 minutes ago, which would have been just before 9 p.m. on Sunday, which is kind of late, but um, sometimes you got to do what you got to do, what your body can let you do. Um, the, I want to talk a little bit about the Hamptons. Um, the Hamptons seem to be a hot spot this year for some of the players. Um, I know that Verdasco was living there for a little bit, but most importantly, some, some of these players seem to get these, uh, sponsorships that they're getting to practice and play in the Hamptons. Sitsipas and Grigor Dimitrov were, in the Hamptons practicing on a private court at a private house. And as far as we know, living there, um, how cool is that for them? It's gotta be phenomenal. And what I've really realized about the U S open is these players really take in New York for all its beauty and all that it is. Um, they really treat it like the, 
you know, the entertainment place that it is. They're catching Broadway shows like Jack Sock caught with his girlfriend. Um, they're on the streets in Times Square. There was a lot of qualifiers taking pictures in Times Square. I mean, everyone's got the view over Manhattan, you know, um, the Danimal, um, Danielle Collins, now she is on Instagram, um, you know, took a picture in her hotel overlooking Manhattan, and that is her sponsorship hotel, it seems to be like, for the U.S. Open. So um, being at the U.S. Open, these players really are experienced or exposed, should I say, to some of the top places in the world, not only to stay, not only to eat, but to just be around. And I think that's super cool. I like how they embrace it, and it's interesting how much time they find to embrace it or find time to go speak and visit their headquarters for their sponsorships, like Nike, Asics, all them and speak at certain events and Sloan Stevens was at a Mercedes event doing um doing like a clinic so stuff like that's really cool and that kind of leads me into my next point that Arthur Ashe Kids Day was phenomenal I ended up working on Arthur Ashe Kids Day I was around there's so many people on the grounds and it is just so cool to see all these kids loving the game of tennis bringing their parents in bringing their friends in and that was on ABC today that ESPN covered Arthur Ashe Kids Day. And it, it truly is electric. You can hear the atmosphere around. You can feel the tension and not necessarily tension, but just how great it is for these kids and these families to come out on Arthur Ashe Kids Day. I think it's probably one of the best events in the world for kids and w something that the USTA puts on and the US Open puts on and brings in celebrities and performers from, ever from everywhere. Uh, Max and Quinn saying love me less um, there was performers outside of Arthur Ashe you know Nadal Djokovic was dancing I mean Sloan Stevens was out there the Bryan brother I mean it is just such a good experience for these young kids and it's something that I think is one of the best traditions in in tennis and it really brings out what the USTA and what the US Open is trying to do to the sport of tennis is try to expose it to more people and have a lot of fun with it. So I think that's something great. Um, I saw a lot of smiles yesterday when I worked it and saw a lot of good times. So I, I think that's something that they need to continue to do for the USTA. And it's something special. And I think everybody enjoys it no matter what level, no matter what level you're at, whether you're a player giving back or whether you're, you know, a consumer of it and your kid and his family. Now we're going to move into some of the heavy, heavier hitting things in this podcast, and that is the schedule coming up this week, coming up tomorrow. The schedule for tomorrow at 11 a.m., some of the biggest names that are playing. Court 5, Eugenie Bouchard um, from Canada, she's on court. Kaini Shikori's on the grandstand at 11 a.m. tomorrow. Um, Burditch is on court 13 tomorrow. Um, Anna Bogdan. She has played unbelievable. She is, she is was a qualifier, and now she's in the main draw. Anna Bogdan, she has played phenomenal. Some of the matches later in the day, I mean, you're looking at Fabio Fognini is playing Riley Opelka first round. That'll be a heavy-hitting match. Taylor Fritz is playing Feliciano Lopez first round. Both of those matches on court 17, which is a great court to watch on. If you've never been to the U.S. Open, even if you have, get out there and watch that one. Jack Sock is on court 12 tomorrow. He'll be good. Grigor Dimitrov is playing Seppi. They'll be on court 11 tomorrow. That'll be another good, good match. And then, I mean, looking at 
you know, Venus Williams is going to be on Armstrong. Sam Query is going to be on grandstand tomorrow. Coco Vandeweg, she'll be on grandstand tomorrow. I mean, there's just so Nishioka. She's on or he's on court five tomorrow. Um, David Goffin is on court four tomorrow. That's going to be another good match. Madison Keys ends the day on Armstrong. But I'm going to look at Arthur Ashe. Um, with all those good names I just said, Arthur Ashe tomorrow is absolutely stacked. I mean, to start off the day, Ash Barty's playing Diaz. Um, that's going to be a fantastic match. That's right at 12 noon tomorrow. And then following that, Djokovic and Carbellas. Um, Carbellas, or Carbalas, sorry. Um, Djokovic is at right after that noon match, probably around 2, 3 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Djokovic on... I mean, you're going to Ash Barty, Djokovic, and then not before 7 p.m. tomorrow night is Serena Williams, Maria Sharapova. I mean, you can't script this better. This has got to be the best first-round match ever. This should be a final. This is good enough to be a final. Um, Serena Williams is ranked 8, I believe, and Sharapova is not ranked at all, and that's the only reason this can happen. Um, the random draw put them together. I mean, I expect Ash to be packed, electric, and honestly half and half cheering for both sides. Um, Sharapova's got a ton of fans, and same with Serena being in the U.S. Open. So I think this will be such a good match for both of them, and I am so excited to see what happens with this um, match tomorrow night at 7 p.m. or a little bit later, but following that one, Roger Federer and Nagal. Um, not Nadal, Nagal, N-A-G-A-L. Um, Nagal played a phenomenal qualifiers to get into the main draw and that is something super exciting that's going to happen on Arthur Ashe Stadium tomorrow. I mean you're talking Barty, Djokovic, Williams and Sharapova and then Federer. I mean that is a stacked day one on Arthur Ashe Stadium and I couldn't be more excited to watch that. Um, and then let's look at, I mean let's look at Armstrong. Pliskova is starting off the day and then it's going to go Medvedev who is my pick to at least make the semis. I mean Dan Daniel Medvedev has played phenomenal and I mentioned it last week in the podcast podcast this guy can't be stopped I mean he's playing out of his mind um he's made it to three st straight finals uh DC Montreal Cincy and he won Cincy and then comes straight to the US Open he's phenomenal uh Venus William and then Favrinka is playing Sinner Janik Sinner and is my pick to go the farthest out of any of the um out of any of the qualifiers I've seen. He's just a special kid. I watched him play on court five the other day. And the way he hits the ball with ease, he's probably like a six foot four, six foot five, longer shaggy haired kid from Italy. And he plays with so much poise. He's so calm and direct with his ball strikes. And he's phenomenal. Um, look for him to give Vavrinka a good run for his money. And then it ends with Madison Keys. Um, tomorrow, day one is something I'm really looking forward to and I couldn't be more excited to not only be there but working it and get to track these matches all day I'm super excited about that um another quick match I want to mention I believe it's happening Tuesday is Felix Ogier Alassim is playing Denis Shapovalov uh, the two young Canadian superstars are playing each other first round. Um, this is going to be something phenomenal. This is going to be something that should be a quarterfinal match, but it's happening in the first round again because of the lack of seeding and stuff that one of them has. So 
I'm really looking forward to this match. I really don't know who's going to come out of it. I'd like to say maybe Shapovalov, but FAA is playing great. So um, really anybody can come out of this. Look for this one to go five sets. Um, and then Sitsipas, Stefano Sitsipas will play Rublev. And Rublev just beat Feder in Cincinnati. So this is really a match that's going to, you know, probably come down to the wire. This can be a four or five setter once again. And um, it's going to it's gonna go the whole way, and it could really go either way. Um, you know, Sitsipas is obviously the higher seed. He's coming in at eight, and eight or seven, I think it's eight. And Rublev is playing on the top of his game. He just beat Roger Federer. I mean, this is not a, a light match to take. So I believe this match is happening on... Tuesday and so this is going to be something interesting to you know keep your eyes on these first round matches you know a lot of people like oh it's first round no like this is some of the best tennis you'll see because you know these guys no one wants to be the one that lost in the first round I mean it's bad enough losing in the you know losing in the grand slam to start with but losing in the first round how are you going to go home and explain if you're a top seed that you lost in the first round um you're really not it's hard it's hard to come back from so once again, going to be super excited about that match and literally can't wait for this tournament to start. Um, lastly, I want to talk a little bit about Gem's life. Um, I got away from it the last couple episodes, but um, they're stronger than ever. They, they've they been together, hitting together at the U.S. Open. They were mic'd up the other day in the U.S. Open, and you could hear Monfils talking about how much he just loves to see, you know, Alina Svitolina smile. And um, it's so sappy. I know, guys. I know. But... It's so cool at the same time. Um, I call it the first couple of tennis. Um, it's just phenomenal to see these two travel the world and still be able to have a strong relationship. And they've posted a couple places in NYC. They've been at Taste of Tennis. They've been traveling, you know, really sightseeing and seeing everything. But for these two to enjoy NYC together and also get in their hardcore training and not only be able to train together, but also train separate and get better and better and better. Look for these two to have a really good tournament. Um, Svitolina is, I believe, number six or seven in the world, maybe seven. And look for her to have a strong tournament. She's been really, you know, striking the ball well in the practice courts. Watch her on P2 the other day. And she looked great. Maybe P3. She she looked phenomenal. She was striking the ball. She was hitting the ball really well. She was winning all the points. Now I don't know who she was playing against, but still she was playing well. Smart decisions, cross court when needed, drop shots, out of position, all that stuff was, you know, right on point. And Gael Monfils has obviously been playing great tennis this year, and his practices at the U.S. Open have shown that he hasn't skipped a beat. Um, so, you know, look look for these two to have a phenomenal time, not only on but off the court in New York City. Um, they're obviously good personalities to have in the game of tennis, I believe. And they've, you know, been having a lot of fun, not only posting, but, you know, it's good to see them at the tournament and actually see what they're like off of Instagram. And they're just phenomenal. Um, see them walking around the grounds, taking pictures, doing whatever, practicing. It's been great. So um, I think that's it. That's all I got for this week. Like I said, I don't know if I'll be able to get one in next week, but I'll do a full U.S. Open recap when I get back to Sioux Falls after 
the U.S. Open because I am working and it is kind of tough. But hopefully we'll have a guest next time. Sorry, not no guests these last couple of times, but I've just been kind of, you know, busy working at the U.S. Open and just trying to figure everything out. So I just thought I'd get a quick podcast out there. But once again, thank you for listening. Um, you can subscribe, like, five-star all that jazz on Apple Music and Spotify and iTunes and Stitcher and Luminary. Make sure to, you know, like my podcast, give it five stars, give me comments. You can at me at Jacob Sersosimo on Instagram or at JJ Sersosimo on Twitter. Make sure you get in my comments. I want to hear what you guys want to, um, you know, hear about. I want you guys to let me know what you think of the podcast, what some more topics. Um, and also, I forgot to mention this earlier, but. Look for Coco Goff to have a great tournament. Um, she made it in as wild card, but she's not going to play it like a wild card. I guarantee that. She'll go far. Um, once again, this podcast is brought to you by nobody. Um, we don't have a sponsor yet. So if you want to sponsor this, reach out to at Believe Podcasts on any social media, or you can go to Believe.com. There's a place you can do it. That's B-L-E-A-V. There's somewhere on the website you can do that. Um Make sure to five-star the podcast, and if you want to hear more, let me know. Let me know what you want to hear. Thank you for listening. It's time for the best tournament in the world to start, and I, if you can't tell, I'm ecstatic about it. Have fun. Watch the U.S. Open. Watch the night matches. Watch the day matches. It's just like March Madness. Watch it during work. Let everybody know you're watching it. Comment on it. Let me know what you think. I cannot wait to recap this in two weeks. Take care. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.